0: You are listening to an RPA Production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present... Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Mm, mm, Hi,
1: I'm Phil Hughes. And I'm Jen Doherty. We're the creators of The Workshop Presents.
2: And you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm your host, Aaron Frail. On Aaron's Horror Show, we're going to go ahead and read some horror fiction and talk about horror in all its forms, books, movies, you name it. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can go ahead and contact Aaron's Horror Show at Gmail or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Hi, this is Aaron Frail from Aaron's Horror Show, and we have a very special guest on our show today. We have Orlando Eastwood, and he is the director of a documentary, On the Road, The Search for Bigfoot, coming this fall. He spent a year in the woods of Ohio and Pennsylvania tracking down the mythical creature, and he is also the producer and the script supervisor on the upcoming remake of the 80s Italian horror film, Ghost House. Ladies and gentlemen, Orlando Eastwood. All Hi, right, Orlando.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <Hey. laughs> I interrupted you there. <laughs>
2: no no worries. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: Oh, I'm happy to be here.
2: Great, great. It's very good to have you. Uh, so let's go ahead and actually start and just, you know, before we actually talk about Uh, your, your project list actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gonna throw you off here and then ask you, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, your, your origin story, so to speak, you know, were you bitten by a radioactive spider or, you know, was it gamma rays?
0: Uh,
1: I wish it was gamma rays, but, uh, unfortunately, I grew up, uh, military child. I grew up all over the world. Um, spent some time in, uh, Kentucky and Germany and Hawaii. Uh, Spent about a good seven years in Hawaii between uh, 1996 and 1999, and then another few years in between in uh, 2006-2009. Germany was there for three years from 2003 to 2006. Um, Started my film courses uh, in Germany, and I went to Hawaii after that, and was uh, lucky enough to... Be a production supervisor on the television show Lost uh, for the episode Cabin Fever, and that's how I got my start in the business.
2: Oh wow, that's awesome! That's really good to hear. Uh, so, what, what, what? Actually, you know, uh, I, now that you <laughs> you've got me interested, so what was it like working on on the show?
1: Well, I didn't get to do much. Um, I followed one of the producers around and shadowed for him. Um, he had me help with uh, set designing. And then, you know, just a few various other tasks here and there. That was when, uh, they came to, our neck of the woods in Hawaii where we were at to, uh, film mm-hmm. the flashback sequences. Oh, um, and that okay, was for, yeah, yeah. and that was for, um, uh, Terry O'Quinn's character in the show. It was a uh, flashback sequence for when he was a uh, teenager and he was getting bullied in high school. Uh, it was in season four and the episode was called Cabin Fever.
2: Remind me, Tyrion. I I'm usually like I'm really good with faces, but I'm really bad with names. And I, I I did love the show, but I like like what was his character name again?
1: Uh John Locke.
2: John Locke. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. No. I I uh, I, I you know I I am a big fan of of Lost and. Uh, You know, I've seen all the episodes and uh, my wife and my wife was the one that actually got me into it. I I, I really actually started in season four, coincidentally, which is kind of funny. Uh, I I watched all the other seasons kind of binge watch. And then my wife and I kind of completed uh, (laughs) the rest of the series, uh, you know, uh, together after that. But uh, anyway, so uh, let's let's go ahead and and continue and, and talk a little bit about Bigfoot. So go ahead and tell me about your new project that you're doing.
1: Uh we're currently in post production on the film right now. Uh project started development back in December of two thousand sixteen. Um right around that Christmas time, my fiance uh told me about oh, uh, you know, I was you know, we just had a kid, so we were getting I was slowly getting back into the groove of things and uh she was like, Oh well how about, you know, you were talking about doing a documentary, how about you do one on Bigfoot? And I was like, All right, and uh try to fit that in there. So her brother and I met up with a guy who was a, uh, Bigfoot hunter, and, uh, his name was Matt, and he had a buddy with him named Speeds. Uh, Speeds is there for the first part of the documentary. We filmed it in three separate, uh, parts of the year from 2017 to 2018. And, uh, we filmed out at Salt Fork, which, uh, has a lot of known sightings. And we also filmed up near the uh, Pennsylvania border. And we filmed, uh, the dates that we filmed that on was May 19th, August 26th, of 2017. And then we finished it on May 5th, 2018. And I'm currently uh, syncing all the different cameras that we used up together. Um,
2: So... So when you say syncing different cameras, did you have like a lot of cameras in the forest that would catch like different angles and and you know like like I know that a like biologists, for example, they use like wildlife cameras where they they set a camera in the forest that kind of triggers when something walks by it was that something that that you used during the the shoot
1: um well, the first shoot we did back in may uh nineteenth uh we had rain so that uh Caused a lot of technical issues. Um, unfortunately, we heard some gunshots from some hunters off in the woods, but other than that, we didn't get much. Um, for the cameras, we each had ourselves armed with one. Um, we had one that was kind of off, but, uh, it didn't get much. Um, bugs here and there, you know, track the light and all that stuff. Uh, however, the, um, August 26th shoot, we had a, a lot of activity out there. Um, we went up to okay. the Pennsylvania border for that one. And I posted a clip on YouTube, and, you know, I'll, I'll give you the link for that. Um, pretty much, we had a uh, bear uh, claw the tree not too far away from where we were at. And okay, yeah, we...
2: I, I, I saw that. I saw that clip, the one with the, the claw marks all over the, the tree that you were looking at. Is, is that the one that you're referencing? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyways, continue.
1: Yeah, you know, there, there was a big difference between where we were at in Salt Fork where, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see like raccoons and, you know, possums and all that type of stuff versus, you know, like a giant man-eating bear. It's, you know, there's a, there's a whole different feeling of like, wow, we might get into some danger over here in this part, uh, of the woods versus, you know, where everybody claims to see, you know, Sasquatch hats. And you know when you see that, it's like this bear just called up a tree not too long ago, and these claw marks are fresh. It it really puts a perspective of how uh, us just yeah you know up on top of the predatory food chain is not you know that high up.
2: Oh yeah, no I I I you know when I, when I was a kid, my best friend had a, a cabin in southern Colorado, and and I remember the we we went up there one weekend and. uh a bear had gotten into the cabin and kind of rummaged through it, and the claw marks inside the cabin were just, uh, you know, it, it was very stunning. It was very kind of scary, too, to think, you know, something could kind of make that, you know, and then, then uh, knowing that you're kind of out there. So w- were you ever afraid, you know, in, in, the, in the woods, like, like thinking, well, <laughs> what might happen to me?
1: Oh, yeah, the fear ran deep. As soon as we found that tree, which was, like, halfway through the chute, Oh, we were all on edge, you know, just hoping we didn't run into it. Because, you know, you hear all these, like, you know, twigs breaking, sticks falling from trees, and it's like, is is that it? You know, is is that it right there? So, you know, it kind of kept us on edge, but uh, luckily one of the people that was with us uh, had a gun. So if anything did happen, we'd at least have some sort of protection out there.
2: Okay, so... When you said one of one of you had a gun, what, where, did you have, like, security with you that you hired just for that purpose, or, or was it just someone in the production that was kind of equipped for a, a situation that might be dangerous? Uh,
1: well, one of our uh, people who helped us with the documentary, his name is uh, Isaac Dew. Uh, he had some friends and family out there, and they uh, came along for that part of the shoot, uh, they had a hunting rifle with them to, you know, be prepared since they knew that there was bear sightings out there in that part of the woods.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, you know, when 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 you were out there, did you stay out there all night, or was it, was it daytime too, or or how did you go about your investigation?
1: Well, we planned it out um, when we went to Salt Fork. Uh, we were out there for the Ohio Bigfoot conferences that they were having, where, you know, you see okay. all these different people who, you know, are sharing experiences and, you know, doing presentations and all that type of stuff on, you know, seeing Sasquatch and all that different types of sightings. Um, so we tracked it out and scoped it out during the day. Um, we didn't start filming until later in the night. Uh, we'd start around 11 o'clock to midnight, and then we would stay out there till at least around 3 or 4 a.m., um, I believe on the August shoot, when we went up near Pennsylvania, we were out there until at least, I think, 2 o'clock in the morning. We were out there until, from like, I think, 11 to 2. So about a good three hours.
2: Oh, wow. So you were out there for a while.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, so we had. No, go on. Uh, yeah, we had, uh, you know, tons of batteries and backup SD cards so we could uh, just keep rolling the whole night.
2: Yeah, that, that's actually what I kind of wonder about the the shows that that go out in the wild. There, like, like you know, you, you obviously have to bring enough power to run your equipment when you're out there. Did you ever get to a point where you're like, uh, I don't know if we're gonna make it through this shoot? Uh,
1: with the SD cards, that that was a problem. But um, with uh, with the battery packs, you know, those like little cheap five dollar battery packs, you can plug up to like a USB port. Those will last mm. you a long time. Surprisingly, for how cheap they are, oh, they work wonders when you're out in the woods.
2: Oh wow, yeah, yeah. And together, and you know, point a camera at what we're filming, you know, and yeah. uh, that was that was always a, a a problem when we were on the go. It, it, it was power that that seemed to be always the the issue. Uh, did you ever you know like did you ever set any like like Traps or experiments, did you ever try to kind of entice the the your subject to come out, or was there any sort of like plan like that?
1: Um, we went into it just raw. we were just thinking, you know, oh, if we try to stay still not if we we tried to stay quiet a lot, we wanted to just kind of blend in with the environment with the exception of you know having lights that are just blaring everywhere, but you yeah, know we tried yeah. to stay quiet to you know try to see if it would come out or anything like that. Um, we found some tracks, uh, especially when we went out there for the uh, August shoot. Um, since the rain on the May uh, 19 shoot uh, kind of got in the way of everything, it was kind of hard to properly find the uh, right set of tracks. Um, and then also on the May 5th, uh, we found some tracks out there as well, but it was hard to tell if it was, you know, either like a deer or something bigger.
2: So, you know, did you ever, uh, did you ever like, like, kind of get to this point where you're like, man, what am I, what am I doing out here? Cause I know that, that filming, especially in, in circumstances where you're doing, do you ever, you, do you ever get that moment of despair where you're thinking, oh man, this is not going to work out? I mean, I, and maybe the rain is probably the, <laughs> the moment, you know?
1: Well, the rain was a big detractor whenever we first started. I was kind of livid that it was out there and it was raining because we checked weather forecasts. And, you know, it was like, oh, up until, like, the day before it was saying, oh, it's going to be nice and sunny. And then the day before it updated, it was like, oh, oh it's going to rain. And it's like, so we're out yeah. there in the rain. It gets colder. You know, everybody's miserable. And then it's like, you know, we're not really in the mood to try to track Bigfoot down. So we were out there for about a good two, three hours trying to, you know, find it and Instead we're all just getting rained on and it's all cold and soggy out there. So it was it was a that was a real turnoff. However, you know, <laughs> on the August 26th shoot out near Pennsylvania, you know, it was nice. It was a little muggy, a little humid, but it was very, very nice out there to you know try to track them down. Oh, it was amazing out there. That that yeah, one that one yeah. was really amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that one was the one where it's like everything's going. You're you're really kind of like this. This is this is working.
1: Oh yeah, it, it also worked well on the um, May fifth shoot where we wrapped up. Um, you know, there was there was uh, the, the scariest thing out there. You know, we heard a noise, and it sounded like screams.
2: Oh wow! Like like human screams or like animal?
1: It, it sounded almost human. It it had like a female like. Screach to it. Ooh, wow, that's a me
2: And we, we sat chills.
1: there, yeah, we sat there trying to figure out what it was. Like, you know, if, if it was an animal, what could it have been? Yeah, we were trying to think. and We was just trying to, you know, figure it out what it was. It was like I, I can't think of an animal that sounds almost distinctly human, and it sounds female, because we were out in the middle of nowhere in Salt Fork, and you know, it was just mind-boggling hearing that scream, because it, it followed us around. It followed us oh, around like a good wow.
2: hour. Oh my god! So so it, it, it was you weren't tracking it; it was tracking you.
1: It, it was, and I can tell you, like we would move probably a good fifty feet, fifty hundred feet down the way, and then it would be to our left. And if we kept walking, next thing you know, it'd be behind us to like our right. And I mean,
2: I, but uh, you just you just went you just went. Uh... Silent there for a moment. So, uh, oh, did you wanna... I cut out? Yeah, yeah, you cut out for a bit there.
1: Oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, I'll reiterate. Basically, you know, the the, the screams, the screaming noise, it, it it would be to like our left. We would walk a good 50, feet. It would be to our left, and then the next thing you know, it'd be behind us, almost to our right. So it was it was almost like flanking us as we were walking around.
2: Oh wow. That's kinda that's that's scary. <laughs> did,
1: yeah. Did you ever indeed. figure
2: out what it was or is that that a uh, something they're gonna have to the audience will have to watch in order to find out?
1: Well we're trying to clean up the audio on it as well. That's that's the one thing when working with, you know, multiple cameras is syncing it up and getting the audio synced. So we're working on that right now and getting the audio cleaned up on it so you can hear it properly. Um pretty much I I think that, you know, if if we try to track through animals, we we were talking, it wasn't a bear, because you can hear that distinct growl and roar of a bear. Uh, We were thinking it was possibly if it was maybe a fox or a coyote. We've we've got coyotes near where I live, and, you know, you don't hear that distinct. It it sounds almost exactly like a dog with a coyote. So we know it's not that, but we were trying to, you know, puzzle it together, like what could it have been?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I grew up in New Mexico in in, in the desert, so you know, uh, coyotes were out <laughs> were out in the desert all the time, and I definitely know that 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 sound that the coyotes make. Uh, it, was it a single creature or was it like a pack?
1: Uh, single. It was just one. Okay. Yeah, it was, that, it was that... really something.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you know. When you were when you were out there, uh, you know what, what what was it like 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 going kind of on this journey for you? Did you have any kind of any personal experiences? Did you have any like like epiphanies or anything like that?
1: Well, with this documentary series we're doing the uh, on the road, we're basically going to be documenting several different types of things. The Bigfoot was the first one. For the second one, we're talking about doing ghost towns and documenting those. We were going in with the idea that, you know, if, if Bigfoot's out there, what, what would we find? What would we hear? What would we see? Those types of things. Uh, you know, a lot of people go out there and, you know, they, they don't really have any luck finding anything, you know, even traces like, you know, footprints or anything like that. So, you know, I think we got really lucky with what we found out there.
0: And, and i think
1: we'll probably go back we'll probably go to probably another state and you know go in real hard and heavy on trying to find him somewhere else i know there's a lot of sightings down in florida and around there in the southern part of the united states um really? all around the west near uh, california there's been sightings out there up in the uh, mountains
2: yeah i i never heard of bigfoot sightings in the southern part of the states. i i always you know, I, I don't necessarily go out and read about Bigfoot personally a whole lot. So, like, you know, that's, I, I always, for some reason, thought it was like, you know, the northern woods area, you know. Like, I didn't – so that that's kind of interesting. So there is there is stuff down in Florida and whatnot. Yeah, out
1: near the uh, Everglades.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I could see that. The Everglades is a pretty big, untapped wilderness there, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. They, they they talk about how, you know, these wooded areas, like, out in uh, California, that's where they got the uh, one infamous uh, film recording back in the uh, 60s. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's the one photo and video of Bigfoot that you see walking across this uh, open wooded area. That's where they yeah, got at. Yeah,
2: I, I, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I remember that one. That one's kind of the the famous one. Like, like I, I'm here in Minnesota, and... I forget where exactly it is, but there's there's something that's called like Bigfoot Supply or something like that, and they have the silhouette of that <laughs> exact photo like in their parking lot, you know. And the <laughs> I, oh, but, yeah. but that's really the iconic one, you know, the one that kind oh, of yeah. when everyone thinks of Bigfoot, that's the one they think of, you know.
0: Uh,
1: yep.
2: So, uh, you know, you you said you're gonna move on the series to like Ghost Town, so. So what uh, what were you thinking for Ghost Towns? What exactly do you plan to investigate about, about Ghost Towns?
1: Uh, well, for the Ghost Town documentary, we've looked at several. There's the uh, Moonville, which used to be a small town out down in the southern part of Ohio near the uh, Kentucky border. Uh, what's left of it mainly is the tunnel. A lot of people see the Moonville tunnel. Um, but there is also parts of the cemetery that's still left, uh, to see, you know, what's out there in terms of that. They said there's still a few structures, but no buildings that are left. And then we've looked into several other ones that are around, but the Moonville one is the main one we're looking at doing for the documentary. For that one, we might get so we might get around to doing that one next year, depending on time and money and all that type of stuff.
2: So what's the Moonville Tunnel? Like what? what uh, the Moonville what Tunnel is basically.
1: Uh, there's claims that there's ghosts. Although it's a ghost town, so you'll see you'll see you'll have a lot of people talking about how they see ghosts out there. But basically what it was was the way to get into Moonville. Uh, from the research that I've done, they used to have a railway system, and after the railway system left in like the early nineteen hundreds, it was essentially like the death knell for it on top of the Great Depression. And then I think from what I saw in the research it set up until around the mid eighties was when it like officially died out and everybody had left.
2: Interesting. So when you say, like, died out, what what happened? Was it just kind of a, like, a slow uh, withering of the town? I know, you know, sometimes, you know, towns get into trouble and just people start leaving, or was there, like, an incident, or?
1: Uh, It just pretty much died out. I mean, there's some other ones. There's the infamous uh, Centralia, which is what Silent Hill is based off of, where they had a coal fire that ended up going up. And pretty much causing everybody to leave town because the coal fire is apparently I think they said it's gonna be burning for like a few hundred years. So that one is, you know, that one's got a real history behind it. And that that one is one of the ones I would like to do. But I'm not sure yeah, if we'd get around yeah. to that one or not for this one that we're planning next.
2: So, you know, as as far as those are concerned, like like, you know, being kind of a you know, a a, a filmmaker myself, do you this is a purely logistical question. Do you have to get, like, permits to, to do it, or is it, you know, guerrilla shooting where you just kind of go in and start filming, or...?
1: Well, for the um, Bigfoot documentary, we we kind of went guerrilla. The Pennsylvania one, we went to the people who own the land and went out there and filmed and got permission for that. So that, oh, that okay. one didn't really take too much. Uh, regarding with filming, these days with cameras and how small they are, you could just basically tell anybody, oh, you know, I'm just going camping, and, you know, just have an iPod with you.
0: Because the
1: iPod <laughs> oh, is oh, yeah. in HD and 4K now, apparently, so you could just go around and just film with those, and you're good to go. <laughs> and that's how we did it with the Bigfoot documentary.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I, I uh, so th- there's these rail yards in Albuquerque where I'm from where, if you, if you saw Terminator Salvation, they were ghost yeah. apocalyptic world they were filmed at the rail yards in Albuquerque like like there was a lot of scenes filmed there and and uh you know my my friends and I were shooting a music video and and we went into the rail yards for like uh you know <laughs> filming the video and and we got kicked out eventually but uh you know, by by the people that were were doing Terminator Salvation, but we got some some good footage by just having our our phones. You know, kind of innocuous. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it was a very guerrilla you know shooting. But I I know you know I know that kind of <laughs> you you want to get the, the 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 footage and and you could kind of hold the phone to where people don't really know what you're doing. You know.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That that's that's the tricky thing. Because uh, Ohio is very lax with film permits. It's usually, you know, if somebody stops you on, you know, say this part of like a strip mall or something, and is like, "Hey, do you have? What are you doing?" You know, you just say, "Oh, you know, it was just you know, on my iPod or something." They'll be like, "All right, knock it off," and it'll be like, "Okay, we'll stop." But uh, <laughs> usually, if you're off somewhere where nobody's really going to bother you, you're usually all right. Um, I know it varies from state to state. We were talking with one of the Hawaii officials whenever I was living out there about potentially shooting out there. And, uh you know, they were like, oh, well, we want certain X amount of dollars per day. It was like, I think, a 100 or two or something like that. But that was about 10 years ago. So I don't know if it's changed or not. But, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. tax laws and all that other type of stuff, you know, you submit the tax stuff to get your credit on that for basically, you know, Oh hey, we bought this stuff. Can we get our tax refund on that? And it's like, oh yeah,
2: sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember one film I was on. I I, I was just a, uh, I, I guess a PA is the best way to explain it. But I was just kind of miscellaneous guy. Like I just did whatever they told me to do, you know. And and I remember yeah, one time. Yeah, yeah. We, we 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 were sitting there filming outside. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but it was a federal courthouse. And, uh, Oof. I know. And it, we, 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 I don't think the director of the film knew that it was a federal courthouse. And, and a bunch of, like, like, you know, people came to stop us from filming. And it was really kind of funny because we were, you know, like, but, you know, they, we eventually just turned the camera off and, and moved on to the next building down the block, you know? <laughs> but, when uh, I was, yeah.
1: Uh... When I was in my film classes in 2005 when I was in Germany, because we lived on an American base, you know, we, we had the film courses out there on the school we were at, and I was out filming one of my uh, short films for my film classes, and the German security guards who worked for the Americans, uh, you know, stopped me and, like, what were you doing? And the next thing you know, I ended up getting detained, and they had to uh, destroy the tape for any evidence. Oh, wow. Like, like I lost a large majority of what I'd shot for my short film, and I was just like... Oh, no! Like, the military <laughs> police came up, they were like, what are you guys doing? This is just a kid. He's clearly <laughs> not going to do anything. Let him go.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know how that. Like, oh, so I had a friend growing up who, uh, her dad was, you know, in the uh, the Air Force and, and Kirtland uh, Air Forces in, in, in Albuquerque. And they're they're in the base for whatever reason. And and we decided to leave the little building that we were supposed to stay in and and go wandering. And (laughs) that wasn't a good idea. (laughs) Like like we got detained by the MPs and her dad had to come and like, like, say, they're just kids. They're just messing around, you know.
1: Oh yeah, and this was when this happened to me. This was like four years after 9/11, so everybody was still like on edge about everything. Oh,
2: oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine was mine was pre 9/11, so <laughs> man, that must have been rough.
1: Yeah, yeah it was it, it was uh, fun having guns uh, drawn very close to you. That, that's that's one oof. thing that was kind of like oof. Yeah, no,
2: so, yeah. no. They never they never drew the guns on us. They uh, <laughs> they just they they just detained us, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they took my ID, they were writing information down. I'm sure it's like, oh, if anything happens, we have this kid on file who might have probably had something to do with it, but nothing ever happened. <laughs> they actually uh, they gave those bases back to the uh, German government, and then the Germans uh, opened it up to the public. So that stuff closed down about 10 years ago around this time back in, I think, 2008 was when they closed it.
2: Hey, everyone. That was my interview with Orlando Eastwood, or at least part one of that interview. You should actually come back next week. We get into some really cool kind of stuff next week. So, so yeah, you don't want to miss out. So be back next week for more Orlando Eastwood. And also, I want to go ahead and remind you that Real Paranormal Activity is on Mondays. I'm on Tuesdays. Terry's Mysterious Moments is on Wednesdays and of course the Sandman's Lullaby is coming to a podcast station near you thank you and have a good night